edition of Best on the Board. It is Championship Sunday, just hours away from Championship Sunday. Welcome to the show. I'm Chris Meany, joined by Michael Beller. You can follow him on Twitter, at mbeller, myself, at Chris Meany. Just two episodes left, Beller, but we still want people to follow and rate, review, subscribe. I mean, if I keep coming on here with 0 for 4 picks, maybe they won't bring me back, but I mean, I think the show will be back, no? Oh, the show will definitely be back, whether it's you or someone else, I don't know, but the show is going to live on, absolutely. We're going to take a little hiatus after the Super Bowl, but we will be talking plenty of gambling here, and I hope it's with you. I hope it's with you. I feel like you're going to bounce back this week. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll, 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 see, we'll see what happens. Maybe I should just take some chalk. It was a chalky weekend last week. Three of the four teams who were favored. Uh, one, KC, Green Bay, San Fran. Of course, the big upset, Tennessee. It's been the remarkable story of this postseason. The Tennessee Titans, how they found a way to get it done into the later parts of the season when they made that switch for Ryan Tannehill. They go into New England win. They go into Baltimore win. If they win, go into Kansas City and they win this weekend and Ryan Tannehill goes to Miami for the Super Bowl, that's going to be, I think, one of the, the the craziest sports stories, not just NFL sports stories of all time. Nonetheless, uh, rate and review, subscribe, 40% off if you head to theathletic.com slash best on the board. You can see all of the articles, all of the podcasts, new podcasts launching every other day, it seems like, at The Athletic. Rates and Barrels is, is one that I've been really listening to over the past couple of weeks with Dino Saris and Derek Van Riper. Of course, Josh Donaldson just signed with the Minnesota Twins. Good luck to any lefty that has to face that lineup, but they're talking about fantasy baseball all the time, getting you set for your drafts. Um, so, what's up, man? Big takeaways from last week? Yeah, um, Ryan Tannehill's a god, I think is the big takeaway from last <laughs> week. Uh, Derek, or at least he's uh, he, he knows how to uh, ride on, a, on an angel's wings in Derrick Henry. I mean, I can't believe what this Titans team has done. And we, we both sat here a couple weeks ago, we both picked the Titans to win and beat the Patriots. Yeah. So it's not like we were Titans haters. It's not like we thought no, that this was a team that was getting it done with smoke and mirrors. Uh, but I just thought that the ride was going to come to an end. We were going to be celebrating a great season and a great turnaround for them and for Ryan Tannehill's career. And Lamar Jackson and company would be moving on to their rightful spot in the AFC Championship game. But hats off to Mike Vrabel and uh, the game plan that Tennessee put together uh, to to stifle Lamar Jackson and Baltimore's offense. And here they are now in the AFC Championship game. I would love to see an alternate timeline, however, Meany, where Mark Andrews catches that pass on Baltimore's first possession and it doesn't end in an interception. Well, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that was the play of the game. It happened right away. But I think that's a very different game if Mark Andrews catches that ball. It's kind of the script how we painted. Like, how is Tennessee going to win the game? We know they want to run the football with Derrick Henry. They used to play action. Tannehill takes some shots. He's very accurate. We said all that. But when we painted the script of how Tennessee could potentially win, we had said maybe, just maybe, Baltimore hadn't played their starters since week 16 at the bye week. Maybe they start slow. Maybe there's a turnover early. All of a sudden, Tennessee has that long drive where they score some points. And then, I mean, that's how they win. It. You're right. That ball was thrown a little high. It was tipped. If that's maybe just tipped higher, tipped lower, caught, mm-hmm. uh, maybe maybe just that one play alone, you're probably right. There was there, That was definitely one of the turning points in that game. Derrick Henry has just been – he's been unbelievable. I mean, 96 carries over the last three games, Beller, 588 yards. I mean, he's just – you can't stop him. He's hit the century mark in like seven of his past eight games on the ground. He's just – he's been really, really good. But – there's a couple takeaways from last weekend. I mean, we have to talk about that big comeback with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, anybody who's been listening to this show, I mean, the bets have been so-so for me with, with the spreads. But a lot of people know I'm, I'm a coward when it comes to bets. So <laughs> uh, there's a couple things. 
I like to tease down teams, especially underdogs. So as as much as I didn't get that Green Bay Seattle game, that was I was fine with just not getting that point. Um, you know, if you just picked them straight up there with with Seattle in the four and a half, but uh-huh. live betting, man, live betting yeah. can really save your day. And it was a bad weekend for me, but Kansas City, and it, and I tell you what, it wasn't even going for the field goal and not going for a fourth and one. I mean, that could have been definitely the turning point right there. I mean, I think that that was to get your thoughts in a second. I think that mm-hmm. that was the turning point. Twenty four nothing. You go fourth and one. It looked like Bill O'Brien wanted to go for it. Called the timeout. Was shaking his head. I still don't know what happened there. He would said after the game that he didn't want to kick a field goal all like punt or kick a field goal the entire day that's fine I mean you're gonna have to punt eventually but he had said that Kansas City was probably gonna get 50 points so he didn't want to settle for field goals he settled and then the next time they had the ball they tried the trick play the trick punt and that didn't work out and that the turning point just seemed like it was over but Beller there was Kansas City was plus 280 only plus 280 when they were down 24 to nothing I still jumped on it but first team in NFL history in postseason to be down 20 nothing in the first half and then come away at the end of the second quarter with the lead. What happened to Houston? <laughs> I mean, th- what happened to Houston was just that they scored all those points on fluke plays, right? You've got the you've got the uh, the, the, the blown the, coverage the early. Blown co- well, the blown coverage, I'll, I'll even give them credit for because maybe you know that's a that's a design of theirs. But you've got the block punt. You've got the uh, the fumble return. I mean, there were just there were just a couple of fluky plays, uh, you've, or the uh, the Tyreek Hill, not the fumble return, but the Tyreek Hill muff punt, and then the block punt. You've got a couple of big special teams plays that was essentially Kansas City spotting them fourteen points, and then <laughs> yeah. once you get beyond the, you can't count on those plays happening every single time you get to a special teams play. Once you get beyond those plays, then we were really playing football, and then we saw what we knew was the case going into the game. Kansas City, the far superior team. So it was it's still an incredible comeback, obviously. But I really, sitting there as someone who backed the Chiefs across the board, I almost never felt bad about having them, even at minus 9.5. Because it was so early in that game. And they were so clearly the better team going into the game. And once they got things rolling, um, then you could see that things were going to be swinging in their direction. And, uh, you know, I actually didn't think that the, the fake punt call by Houston – was a bad call. I liked the call. It, it, was, it was a good a, call. It was a one-on-one, buddy made was, a play. And, it, and he was, yeah, they almost had it. And yeah. um, Sorensen just made a great play. And yeah. uh, one of our uh, own Chiefs guys, uh, Seth Kaiser, uh, tweeted out uh, a great video of it where you see Sorensen sniffing it out even before the snap. And mm. uh, the up man, I can't, uh, I can't remember who it was, but, you know, is slowly shifting to his right, Sorensen's left, uh, as that play's getting ready. And Sorensen is just mirroring his movement. So, Really impressive play by Sorensen. I think it's a, a good call. And if they get that, they really quiet down Arrowhead Stadium um, and, and maybe swing momentum back in their direction. Uh, but just a great play by Sorensen. Uh, hell of a comeback by the Chiefs. And sets us up for a, an AFC Championship game that uh, I think we really thought one side was going to happen and really thought the other side was not going to happen. Yeah, well, everyone wanted Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. And then at Why one point, we? yeah, and then at one point on Saturday, we're a little bit nervous if we were going to get just Titans and Texans. <laughs> it's just a little, a little strange. But people just saying that that game was over, 
I, I mean, that game was never over. Obviously, you know, a lot of people were live betting it. I had tweeted it. A lot of people were tweeting, said they had plus 320 on some books that they were able to do that. But you're right, just the little things, not just the fluke plays from, from Houston to start the game, but how about the drops to start in Kansas City mm-hmm. and Tyree mm-hmm. Kill and then saying, oh, Tyree Kill, you know, yeah, back in the day he was, I'd say back in the day, like he's been around for a long time and he <laughs> hasn't. But, you know, he was returning a lot of punts last year. He didn't really do that this year. And they put, they put him in situations to return punts when they're down and they felt like they needed a spark and then he fumbled. And at one point, it's like, wow, nothing can go right for KC. And then Patrick Mahomes throws four touchdowns in the second quarter, and the game is absolutely over. So that was a remarkable comeback. And I agree. I liked the call going for it, like faking the punt. But it just seemed odd and strange that they wouldn't do that on fourth and one earlier. And maybe they were just really trying to throw KC off there. Okay, well, we're not mm-hmm. going to go for it on fourth and one. We're definitely not going to go through it for it on our own end of uh, the, the football field. But. Nonetheless, one more game I wanted to talk to you about was that Seattle game. I honestly do feel robbed. I came in here and said it was an easy call for me. And I, I we talked, I think, the week before about Brian Schottenheimer and, and his game plan and what he does. And we were just like, okay, well, how stubborn will he be against Philadelphia and try to run the football? I just thought, man, he really put Russell Wilson and the Seahawks behind the eight ball early in that game. I mean, there was a drive. It wasn't even really considered a drive. It was a possession, rather, where it was three straight runs from Marshawn Lynch. And he just ran into a wall. And I was thinking, what? the heck are you doing <laughs> you have russell wilson use him and they put him in a bad situation and you saw in the second half when he was throwing the ball and scrambling for his life they really outgained green bay uh, significantly in that second half you can talk about a missed field goal and, uh, and having to go for two to get that point nonetheless green bay still got it done but uh i felt like i was i got a little burn there and i and, and schottenheimer man we've said it before sometimes he's a little hard-headed in terms of his game planning yeah, but you can't feel robbed. This is who he's always been. This is what this team always is. You knew that going in. You knew what uh, what you were lying down with. I don't think you should feel robbed at all. You should just you know feel, feel like robbed by half a should point. Have, should have throw the football, have, Brian. Should have rode with me, man. Should have rode with me. <laughs> Packers all the way. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into that. And let's start there. Let's see if you're going Packers Ooh, all the way. Let's see if you're continuing the, the nightcap segue. first. The nightcap yes, first. Yes, that's huh? right. Let's do the nightcap first. Let's all switch right. gears here a little bit because nobody wants to come in here and just and hear us talk about KC and how they're just amazing. <laughs> We're going to count out the Titans again. So let's start with, I think, is the the tougher game to call. And both of these games, by the way, they are rematches. And we'll start with the NFC. It is the nightcap, Green Bay at San Fran. A rematch of Week 12 where it was just all 49ers. 37-8 was the final score. There was a lot on the line uh, in terms of just, um, you know, they finished 1-2, and two, but at that moment, Beller, you know, you and I were talking on the show about how there was so much on the line, the number one seed at play. Uh, that game was over early. Uh, I think it was the second yep. play of the game. Rodgers had a fumble, set up San Fran early in great field possession, uh, and they and they easily uh, they got a touchdown. They were allowed on their defense. Rodgers was sacked five times. He's 20 for 33, only 104 yards. No D Ford, no Quan Alexander in that game as well, and both returned last week. Devontae Adams was the big, well, that was another thing last week. Like, Seattle, guys, Devontae Adams, just cover him, double team him, <laughs> triple good. team him. He's There's good. nobody else in that football team who's catching passes. <laughs> He's important. You're right. Uh, he, he eight for one sixty, a big game. He had twelve targets in that game against San Fran, but he only caught seven of them for forty three yards. Jamal Williams was the second leader in terms of catches on the, the Green Bay side of things, seven for thirty five. He's also the leading rusher, forty five yards on eleven carries. What do you make of the Packers the second time around having to go into San Fran? This is a tough one for me. Um, yes, yeah, like like you said, uh, the other the first game, the AFC game, not a tough one for me. I think we all know where both of us are going to be going in that one. Uh, but uh, 
This is a tough one. I, I think there are strong arguments on both sides. I, at first blush, it does feel like too many points. Uh, again, what, what did we talk about last week, meaning that all season long we talk about the Packers just don't feel like this great team, this dominant team. It's not an Aaron Rodgers passing offense of old. Uh, they've been won a lot of close games. They've had teams that maybe aren't quite in their class be able to stick around, but they still went 13-3. and they still went 13-3 and against a, a pretty decent schedule in, in a division that sent another team to the playoffs. Uh, the Bears were at least an average to slightly above average team maybe because of what their defense was able to do, and the, the Packers swept them. They beat the Chiefs in one of the games without uh, Patrick Mahomes, but we saw Matt Moore be a pretty capable guy uh, in those few starts he had to make, and the Packers won that game. I believe that game was an arrowhead too. I can, it was. I can check. Yeah. Yeah, right. It was That's a big they, Aaron Jones game. Yeah, yeah, right. So you go into Arrowhead. I know it's Matt Moore, but that's still uh, an, an impressive victory, right? I mean, they, they took care of business against the teams that they were supposed to beat. They won in Minnesota. They beat uh, Seattle at the uh, – excuse me, at, uh, in the playoffs some. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they take care of – they've taken care of a lot of things that they're supposed to take care of. And so I still think they we need to be giving them that credit, even if we look at their respective resumes and think that San Francisco clearly looks like the better team. So this – on its face – feels like too many points. It is hard to get away from the complete domination uh, that San Francisco put up against them a couple of months ago, knowing that they're going back to that same stadium, knowing that San Francisco, I think, if anything, is only better since then. Uh, that was not too long after uh, they acquired Emmanuel Sanders, so you start to work him into the offense a little bit more. That was really right around when Debo Samuel started to take on a new, larger role in San Francisco's offense. He had a touchdown in that game against Green Bay, so even though it's the same personnel at this point, and that even at that point of the season, San Francisco's offense was well-established and what it wanted to do. It's still a little bit of a different group that Green Bay is going to be seeing this week than the one they saw back in November. Makes it a really tough game uh, for me. Um, if this were beneath a touchdown, if this was six and a half or something like that, I would have a lot more confidence in backing San Francisco. Uh, but I still just can't get away from seven and a half points Green Bay has to des- deserves the credit of being a 14 and 3 team at this point of the season. They've pretty much been one of the top 2 seeds in the NFC almost all season long no matter what point you draw a line at. Green Bay was up there, uh you know, right there ahead of New Orleans and uh, um ahead of whoever was losing the NFC West at the time. Uh not just because of them being in the same division as who was leading the NFC West, but based on record as well. I mean, there was a time where Green Bay held on to the number one seed in the NFC before losing that game to uh, San Francisco. So I lean Green Bay here. I don't feel great about it because of how good San Francisco has been at home and been all season, but it just feels like too many points for me. Yeah, it opened up at 749ers. Seven and a half now for San Fran, the total at 45. The under has been the play, it seems like, the entire playoffs. I mean, the, the wild card weekend, four for four for the unders, and overall six for eight for the unders, of course. Nobody ever, nobody thought that the KC-Houston game was, was going to go <laughs> under, but um, we got some late points from Seattle in the fourth quarter to, to have that game go over last week. But, yeah, I'm kind of with you. It's... I've been hesitant to bet this yet. I want to bet San Fran. I wonder if the number mm-hmm. depends on where you look. Like Westgate seven, uh, I've seen it go from seven to seven and a half. Actually, it is right now live seven and a half um, for for 
No, it is. It's seven right now. Westgate. It's it, man, oh, wow. it's moved around so all it's morning. It's moved since yeah. Since yeah. We Does it, first do you put think this it is, together an hour ago? Yeah, and and I saw it last night. And you know what? I I was thinking to myself the George Kittle thing, and I don't know if that's enough. Like he hasn't been practicing. I expect them to play, but I don't know if that's enough. Like for him just to be questionable for that to come down to six and a half. Or, you know, you had just said you wished it was six and a half. And I wonder if you really are feeling the Niners, maybe you wait this out until Friday. I know mm-hmm. I expect George Kittle to play, don't you? Oh, but 100%. do you think that that has no, anything to do with the line moving a point? Um, I, I mean, maybe, but I, I, no one thinks he's not playing. I, I don't right. think that that's really what it is. I would imagine that that's based on just where, where money's coming in and, you know, who is making those bets and where big money's coming in is what I would guess is moving the line right now. I mean, no one, you know, George Kittle's playing in this yeah. game. And George, Kittle, George Kittle's going to be just fine. I don't think we should expect I mean, they should be taking it easy with him, right? He had um, some yeah. injuries toward the end of the season. He missed a couple of games. Uh, so I think they should be taking it easy with him. He did, George Kittle doesn't need much practice time to be ready for this game on Sunday. So it, it's just a really tough game to call. I've said it in both of our playoff shows, and I'm going to say it in this one too. If this was a regular season game and we were it talking passed. with yeah, with 12 to 16 games, 13 to 16 games to be able to bet on, this would be an easy pass for me just because – it's just a it's a really tough game to handicap with what these two teams have shown us all season long, and that's another thing, right? I mean, these have been two of the more consistent teams in the entire NFL all season long, and you can say what you want about Green Bay uh, having to be playing these close games, and you watch them, and they just don't necessarily wow you, but they win. They keep they do keep those games close against all manner of opponent, and they win a ton. They've won fourteen of the seventeen games they've played this season. That does not happen by accident. You know what can happen by accident? Going eleven and five and losing your first playoff game. Going eleven and five, winning a relatively weak division, and then getting beat at home in your first playoff game. That can happen almost by accident and by uh, the way the NFL works and the the small schedule and the sample size and the, who your opponents are. That can happen, right? But you don't go. You don't win fourteen out of seventeen games. Win a strong division. Get a bye. Beat a team like Seattle and get to a championship j- game by accident. So I mean, it's just really hard. Even though everything we've seen this year told me San Francisco is easily the better team and, and well equipped to win this game by more than a touchdown it's just really hard for me to fade green bay when they're catching more than a touchdown i mean go and look at their results i mean this is just a team that doesn't get blown out right no uh, it, looking, you're, looking up and down, you're dead lost, on yeah they lost one game this season by more than a touchdown it was a pretty fluky one at the chargers right after that win at kansas city so i mean yeah, that that's a, a quick one. turnaround uh, that was a it was a short week for uh or no it wasn't a show that they still had the the full seven days but uh that's a quick turnaround to go from kansas city fly back yes. to green bay then fly back to los angeles um and two road games in a row and that sort of stuff's going to happen in the regular season baltimore lost two games in a row in the regular season one of them was to the cleveland browns uh so it just i mean that sort of stuff is going to happen to pretty much every single team in the regular season i don't really hold that against them i look more at the full body of work and this is just a team that no matter who they're playing they really don't get blown out it's hard for me to fade them if they're getting more than a touchdown I think that was my problem last week with them is just like I look at them overall and watching them and then and they've most of their games they've started pretty well. I mean, obviously they didn't start well in in that game against San Fran earlier in the year, but they've started well and it's and it's almost like they haven't put teams away and they just kind of hung and it was much like last week. They get up to a big lead, they they just go through the motions and end up winning the game. I mean, earlier in the year, week two against Minnesota, that felt like that. Mm-hmm. They get up to mm-hmm. that ho- that huge lead against Denver, and and the Broncos kind of looked like they were just hanging around, hanging around. The same thing happened to against Detroit twice this season. The A, a couple weeks, just, just a few weeks ago against Washington, they get up to that big lead, and they just – 
they're just content. <laughs> they're just fine. Right, they, right. You're right. They play a lot of close and, and tight games. They're going to have to start fast in this one. Guarantee. They cannot start the exact same way against San Fran because, I mean, it's Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have to do a whole lot to win the games. He hasn't had to do a whole lot all year to win some of these games. They rely on their defense. They get pressure on the quarterback. They run the football. And Kyle Shanahan is, man, he is just, I've been extremely impressed with him to start every single game and to come out of the second half and to start every every third quarter. He just seems to have a game plan ready, and I feel like they're going to be able to score some points. You know what? I'm gonna I'm just going to lean San Fran here. I'm just yeah. going to pick San Fran in the better team. I don't think that Devontae Adams is going to ha- be able to have that kind of success. I mean, Richard Sherman is... He's been pretty solid this season. I mean, 46.8 passer rating when targeted against him. Uh, overall, San Fran, fewest passing yards per attempt, fewest, you know, the, the lowest per completion. They're fifth in sacks. I mentioned four. D. Ford had missed like a handful of games. I believe he missed five games. He wasn't in this matchup earlier in the year. So I, it does the seven and a half. It's a little unsettling. I'll be honest with you. It, it really is. So, and I think that's why you're leaning Green Bay. But I'll, I'll just lean with, I think, the more balanced, sound team. And there's just more options like who is going to step up in green bay who is it going to be lazard guys like 35 catches in the season (laughs) it has to be one of the running backs like aaron jones is second on the team in catches and targets Mm -hmm. it has to be somebody else has to step up in this green bay offense and i'm just not sure who it's going to be i don't know i think i think it's if i'm looking for someone to step up and and be that second weapon or even a third weapon if you want to say alongside uh uh, Aaron Rodgers slash Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. I, I look at the defense. I, we know that this team mm, can get after yeah. the quarterback. Um, obviously, they, they created a lot of havoc against Seattle last week, and part of that has to do with Seattle's offensive line and Russell Wilson's style of play. But this is a team that has been able to do that all season. They've got one of the best pass rushers in the league in Darius Smith. And just one guy like that and the trickle-down yeah. effect that he has on an entire defense when you have to pay so much attention to him is huge. And it's not like he's the only guy on that defense who can get after the passer. So that's really where I look for Green Bay to be able to make some plays in addition to what we typically expect out of Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. It's not Alan Lazard. It's not MVS. It's not Jimmy Graham. It's the defense making some plays and uh, keeping San Francisco more in check than I think a lot of people are expecting them to do going into the game. Yeah, pretty cool storyline with Shanahan and Matt LaFleur. I mean, Shanahan, offensive coordinator in Atlanta, mm-hmm. when they went to the Super Bowl, Matt LaFleur was the quarterback coach there. So there's a pretty cool relationship. There's always a neat little storyline, um, usually at this time of the year. And you've got LaFleur's brother, too, on, uh, that's on right. San Francisco's coaching that's staff. Right. Yeah, that's right. So um, entertaining game. It's going to be a good one. Just be a coward like me. Just tease down San Fran. <laughs> they ain't going to lose, guys. They ain't going to so lose. That's, so, that's the, so you're going San Fran, <laughs> I'm going Green I, Bay here. I, yeah, You, I'm you take... really don't think there's any chance Green Bay pulls this one off? Well, of course, there's a chance. I mean, it's the Final Four. I mean, it's, you don't it's think football. There, right? is Tennessee, there, is Tennessee is playing in the championship weekend. Is <laughs> there more chance. than a 20% chance? One in five uh, that Green Bay pulls it up. Yeah, I would say there is um, 28% chance that Green Bay pulls this off. All right. I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be a fun one. I'm happy it's the nightcap and not the first game uh, because I, I, would, I like wrapping up the day with what I think is going to be uh, the better game, no offense, Tennessee Titans, but uh, I think this is going to be, I do think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be a fun one. Love seeing Aaron Rodgers on this uh, stage. Yes. But it, it, I love seeing Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback like him, and a totally new blood team in San Francisco on this stage. Like, that, is, that is like a dream championship game matchup to me. And of course, I mean, there's another storyline there with San Fran and, you know, Aaron Rodgers and what the area means to him and wanting to be a 49er uh-huh. and all that stuff. I know he was asked about it after the game and all he wanted to talk about was drinking scotch, but um, 
I know he's excited to for sure. It, it is going to be an entertaining game, and you know, these are two teams that I I think halfway through the year I really really started to buy into San Fran, but I there must be something in the back of my mind here with Green Bay that is just. Um, you know, made me a little hesitant to back them this season. I just, is when we just talked about it all, like they've, they've hung around close games, but I, I just, there's something there. I just not fully, at the end of the day, I just don't feel like San Fran is going to let Devonte Adams beat them. That's what it really yeah. is for me is that that was the turning point of everything that happened last week with Seattle. They just couldn't find a way. And a lot of teams, I mean, credit to obviously LaFleur and, and finding ways to, to get Devontae Adams open and, and quick passes, and that's what's going to happen this week. They're going to have to get the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands pretty quick because that pressure is going to pile up. Uh, and we saw it last time that these two teams played. Can you believe it's conference championship week? Time's up for two teams playing this weekend, but you still have time to feed your fantasy fix with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, throw, and catch mean more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Just draft your lineup, stay under their salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a free shot at over 750000 with your first deposit. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with throughout the playoffs. Download the DraftKings app now and use code RUN. For a limited time, both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500 on your next deposit. New users, be sure to enter code RUN during sign-up, and you'll also get a free shot at over $750K with your first deposit. That's code RUN, and you can get a deposit bonus up to $500 only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, so uh, any Titans fans, feel free to, to throw the hate. I mean, Beller <laughs> did say we were let's get, on let's get you Eric guys. Young on here. Let's get our guy, Eric Young. Right? That, let's get Eric Young. I, and, you know, I. it's funny because I had mentioned this show on Four Stack Lines as a fantasy hockey podcast here at The Athletic as well. Um, and we just had Rob Rossi on, who covers the Penguins, and he had some great insight there. Sidney Crosby's return it was a, it was actually a pretty good list, and he nailed a bunch of things that ended up happening in hours a couple hours later in that game. If you're a hockey fan, but I had Eric Young on, and I had mentioned the show to him, and I said, you know, Beller and I we're backing your Titans. They're going to go into Foxborough, and they're going to win. They're not just going to cover. They're going to win. He's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's almost like he didn't like believe, and 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 I'm sure Titans fans listening right now, they're on this like I can't believe it. I got to pinch myself a little bit. It reminds me of like the Eagles a couple years ago, and it's not as crazy. But when Nick Foles took over, and they were just underdogs, and they kept finding a way to win football games and building confidence, and all of a sudden the offense it was playing to. Variable said it the other day. I saw him. He's just like. I don't know, we're just playing to his strengths. Like, how does Ryan Tannehill have 15 completions for 160 yards in two playoff games, and they won in New England and won in Baltimore? <laughs> yeah, Derrick Henry it's has crazy. something to do with that. But, yeah, it is crazy. It That is crazy to think that he has 15 completions for 160 yards in two games, and Tennessee has basically rolled. They've had their way over these last two games against New England and against Baltimore. So, I mean... I'll paint the same script for you. I guess that's really the only way. I mean, this is how they won. Remember, remember that win? It What was it, week 10? It was Patrick Mahomes. Kansas City, yeah. Yeah, the first game back for Mahomes after missing a few. It was that late, crazy, what was it, the, the punt? There was a weird punt that happened in that game, and Tennessee came back late, and I think it was Adam Humphrey's only catch in that yeah. game, and they found a way to win. It was the vi- – 
It was everything a, it that was a happened, blocked, It was a blocked field. It was goal. a blocked. It was a blocked field goal. That's right. It was a blocked field goal. And and if you look at Tannehill's numbers in that game, thirteen for nineteen, one eighty one. It's very similar to what he's done over the past couple weeks. They leaned on Henry. He was twenty three for one eighty eight. Johnny Smith led the team in catches with four for 36 yards. Uh, nobody else was catching more than a couple passes on that team, and they just relied on the run. So, Bella, I mean, paint the same script for you, man. How are they going to win? I, I, I don't. Tannehill's going to have to throw the ball more than 20 times. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, they did it once before. Uh, they've done it the last two weeks, doing it against New England, <laughs> doing it against Baltimore. Um, those two are different from one another. Doing it against Baltimore is very different than doing it against Kansas City. That's what they have to do. I love that. I love what the Titans have done. I've backed them a lot on this show and throughout the end of the season. And we did it uh, against New England. It's not happening. It's, I mean, it's just, it's just not <laughs> happening. It's. I mean, Kansas City is rolling. I mean, you go back to the end of the regular season and when Patrick Mahomes really came back and got going. I mean, you look at what this team uh, has done. Just, I mean, that that game against um, against the Titans was his first game back. And yeah. they lost it. It took that fluky block field goal. I, I remember us coming on the next. You, you and I both took yeah, Kansas we were, City that week. We weren't happy. Uh, they, were min- they were minus five and a half. They were yeah. winning by five. In yeah. when, when Harrison Butker goes to attempt that field goal, there was like 40 seconds left in the game. And the Titans had no timeouts. It's like, all right, make this field goal. We get our eight. It was a little bit harder than I wanted it to be. But we go ahead and we get our cover. They block the field goal. They go and win. It was crazy. But Patrick Mahomes threw for 446 yards and three touchdowns in that game. Patrick Mahomes looked like himself. And then from that point forward, this team has not lost. They beat the Chargers. They beat uh, Oakland 40-9. They go into New England. They beat the Patriots. They beat the Broncos by 20. They beat the Bears in Chicago by 23. They beat the Chargers. They beat the Texans by 20 in the playoffs. This is the Kansas City Chiefs' time. This is Andy Reid's time. Uh, All credit is due to Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, Mike Vrabel, what they've been able to do uh, defensively. Dean Pease just drawing up an incredible uh, game plan against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens last week, and then the players going out and executing it, getting pressure on Lamar Jackson, making him look uncomfortable, especially when they got down and he had to drop back and throw the ball a bunch. Uh, the, the Titans deserve all the credit in the world. They are not here by fluke. They earned their way into the playoffs and into the AFC Championship game. But it's time for the Chiefs to show who they are, the best team in the AFC. I believe the best team remaining in the NFL, a team that's going to be winning the Super Bowl a couple of weeks from now. I just don't see them repeating what they were able to do against the Chiefs back in the regular season. And that entire game, you know, the Chiefs were winning that entire game. The only time that the, Titan, the Titans had a lead uh, early in the second quarter, and that was on a uh, fumble return touchdown. And then the Chiefs, boom, tie the game before halftime. Boom, take the lead right away in the second half. And then they get the lead. They uh, win the game at the end with that uh, with that Adam Humphreys uh, touchdown. So it did go back and forth in the second half, but it was never a game where the Titans felt in control of it. There were multiple times of that game where the Chiefs felt like they were in control. And if you spin forward now to where we are, I just don't see how the Titans are able to repeat what they did in that one or repeat what they've done in either of the first two games of the playoffs against the Chiefs as they are now. The way that they're playing, it's just a team that can kill you in so many different ways. And that was about the time also after that that the Chiefs and Steve Spagnuolo went back to the drawing board with what they're going to do defensively. And we have seen a much different defensive team in Kansas City from that point forward. I I think the Chiefs are just obviously the better team. Seven doesn't feel like enough to me. Uh, You would really have to get this game into double digits before I thought about not taking Kansas City. This is one that if it were a regular season game, I would be backing confidently. I really like the Chiefs this weekend. You'd you'd lock them in probably. 
Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. If you were to pick two locks, you, you'd probably lock him in. Yeah, I mean, you go back to that game again, and there's one game this season where Patrick Mahomes didn't have a rushing attempt. One. And it was that game. And you just mentioned it. We mentioned it earlier. It was his first game back from missing an injury. Last week, seven rushing attempts, season high. The week before that, seven rushing attempts. So it's back-to-back games where he's at least ran the ball seven times. That just shows you, like, he's not hes not a huge runner. Of course, he can, right? Um, you know, he's got three games this year with at least 50 rushing yards. But just the fact that he's, he's using his legs and he's running, it just goes to show us, you know, how healthy he is. And I know you don't care when I tell you that Derrick Henry is three and zero against the Chiefs in his career, and he's just let them up on the ground. And, Do you care? You know, they no, I don't. That's just throwing <laughs> okay. it out there. Okay. The fact that Tennessee went into Kansas City and beat them in a playoff game a couple years ago, but it wasn't Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback. It was Alex it was Smith. It was Alex but Smith. Patrick the, Mahomes the big, is on the sidelines. Patrick Mahomes was on the sidelines. So the big thing, really, I, there's a couple key factors here. Chris Jones, obviously, still not practicing. He's a big part of you know stopping the run, but they had no problem last week stopping the run against against Houston. Do you think that they, you know, a lot of people just assume that Tennessee is a, is a run-heavy team, and then you look at the numbers overall, and you, you see Tannehill not throwing the ball a ton. They do take some shots early in the game. Saw it last week, play action, took the shot downfield, and then they lean on the ground. Like, almost a 1,000 of Derrick Henry's rushing yards this season have come in second half of games. Do you think that they've come out slinging, or is this the, the the ultimate way to try and beat Kansas City? Is listen, let's what we talked about a couple weeks ago when we said Tennessee had put up that ten minute drive where they just punted. Is that going to be their focus? Like this is the only way we can't have Mahomes on the field. Obviously, it seems crazy to say we can't get into shootout with Mahomes, but do you think that they change their game plan and they try to fool Kansas City a little bit and throw the ball, or is it just going to be a whole lot of let's just feed Henry? I think I think you got to play to your own strengths. I don't think you can worry at this point of the season. I mean, they know what got them to this point. They know what got them into the playoffs and and with two upset victories on the road uh, and to the AFC Championship game. So I don't think you can change that up too much. I, again, I don't think you can run back the exact same script you did against uh, Baltimore and New England and win this game. Right. This is just too good of an offense and. And you look at the numbers, and Baltimore obviously had a great offense all season long. Uh, and it's it's silly to try to call them a one-dimensional offense, but they are a run-heavy yeah. offense that is obviously they're at not its built best. to come back from behind. Like they're just not, they're not yeah, right? right. And I mean, you need that offense needs Lamar Jackson on the ground making plays to open up the passing lanes. It just, it's true. And, and is it a is it an effective strategy? And is it one that can carry over through the years? I absolutely think it is. But it's not one that is as resilient as Kansas City's offense, right? I mean, Kansas City gets down 24 last week, and they are able. They don't have to change a thing about their offense. As great as Baltimore's offense is, as great as Lamar Jackson is, and as great as he was this season, as dangerous as he was, as rightful of that uh, unanimous MVP is going to be, or maybe not quite unanimous, but MVP as it's yeah. going to be, that's not a team that can just do what it does no matter yeah, score situation. In Kansas City, it doesn't matter. Right? It doesn't matter if they're up by 24, down by 24. They can do exactly what they do every single week, and they are—they don't have to change a thing no matter what's happening uh, in the game. So this is just a resilient offense, and, and I just don't think that there's anything Tennessee can do short of creating a ton of turnovers uh, to be able to hang with that in a game like this, in a game uh, of this magnitude. It just feels like the better team uh, should be able to rise to the occasion in this one, and I just don't think you can take forward what you've done the first two weeks of the playoffs and you know, copy and paste and say this is how we're going to beat Kansas City because it's just a different beast. It's just a totally different animal, and I, I just think the Chiefs are going to be able to control this one throughout. Yeah, I agree. Just 
you know, trying to have a combo oh, here, try to try to justify the Titans. And you know, the funny thing at the end of the day, we were just even not even talking about their defense. We're talking about their offense and how they have to at least score thirty points. And how are they going to find a way? And then defensively, they play a lot of man, and that's not great. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw Houston; they couldn't get any pressure off Mahomes, and any time that they tried to double. Any time that I felt like they tried to double Kelsey or Tyreek, it was just like Damian Williams out of the backfield or like Sammy Watkins shows up with a couple plays. It's just – and Tyreek Hill said it, and, man, did he ever sound cocky saying how they play a lot of man, they play a lot of zone. When that happens, we're just unguardable. They just can't stop us. And I thought to myself, he's not wrong. But, man, (laughs) as much as I like Andy Reid and Mahomes and it's fun and and I'd like to see them in the Super Bowl against a team like San Fran who can dial up some pressure and maybe challenge uh, Patrick Mahomes a little bit, just it's like that comment, I wouldn't mind the Titans winning, but uh, I can't back them. Can't back Mm -hmm. them with KC. So, all right. You look at that game, they they, they put up 32 points in that game, Meanie. And, I mean, Patrick Mahomes still wasn't moving. Right. right, exactly. I mean, That's Patrick I mean. Mahomes was as I mean, you said it—the only game where he had no rushing attempts. That that was as statuesque of Patrick Mahomes or statue statue. I mean, he's the dude's always statuesque. Let's be honest, right? Yeah, yeah, dude's yeah. A, the dude's an Adonis. Okay. But uh, that was uh, that was the most statue-like you're ever going to see Patrick Mahomes, and he still sat back and picked them apart for 446 yards, three touchdowns, what like nine yards per attempt, something like that. Uh, pull yeah, it up here. Silly. Uh, yeah, right. 40, 446 yards on 50, uh, a little bit more than than nine yards per attempt for Patrick Mahomes in that game, and they scored 32 points and 35 without a blocked field goal. I mean, this team—it's a machine. It's an offensive machine. And I, I just don't see Tennessee getting in the way of them this week. So uh, an unbelievable run by the Titans. A really fun story, like you said. Uh, Ryan Tannehill made himself a whole lot of money, and rightfully Gained. so. Yeah, uh, sure. But uh, the dream ends this week, and the Chiefs win this one. I really I don't think it's going to be much of a contest, Meanie. Tannehill, 9.5 yards per attempt in that game. <laughs> yeah. On, on 19 completions. Let's see. Well, nine, yeah, right? 9.5 yards per attempt. On yeah. 19 attempts or 9.1 yeah. yards per attempt on 50. <laughs> I know I know which yeah. one I'll ride with. Yeah, yeah no doubt. No. Um, and Tyreek Hill, I think, you know, after playing the Titans, I think I know why he was so cocky in that game. He had 19 targets. He caught 11 passes for 157 yards, and Kelsey caught all seven targets thrown his way. Mm-hmm. And Kelsey is just, I mean, to get three touchdowns in one quarter, it's just, it's, they're the Texans had no answer at all for him. Yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah, who does exactly? It's tough. Okay, man. Uh, the season it's it's not quite over. We're going to be on a, a two week break here. We'll be back for the Super Bowl. We'll be talking about some props and Super Bowl picks and all that yeah. good stuff. Start listening to Demi Lovato now. That's what I was. I was just going to say that. Wow, nice. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't early over under. No, yeah. I like it. We're on the same page here. <laughs> um, what's what's that? The, Two, I, I I think I saw a prop this morning already. It was like two minutes and twenty seconds or something. If you think the over under, right. well, yeah, we're gonna to but... spend the next two weeks listening to more Demi Lovato than I have in my entire <laughs> life times a million. Try to you know, yeah. figure out what her cadence is. Yeah, see if we can yeah. find any old uh, national anthems that she sang. That's right. Um, we'll come in here with some winners. Uh, it's always fun. Super Bowl. There's a ton of yeah. props, and I know a lot of people out there playing. You know, in, in their pools is a little different. I know I'm in a in a pool where I'll get about 50 questions. Of course, you get the random heads mm-hmm. or tails, mm-hmm. but you get some other stuff too. First score, who's leading at half. We'll ha- we'll we'll tackle all that stuff for you guys. Any questions at M Beller at Chris Meany. Again, Beller is on the Green Bay Packers, and we are both on the Chiefs. And I will go the other way with San Fran and try to come up uh, with a W. Best of the board. We'll be back in a couple weeks. 